I hear sirens. That's not for me. Well, speaking of sirens, though, I, I saw the worst doctor this week. All he did was uh, suck blood on my neck. That's the last time I'm going to see that Dr. Acula, whatever it is. Nancy's looking. Oh, God. <laughs> she's, you got her for a minute, and then she's going, oh, God. <laughs> Hi, this is Dave, a.k.a. The Great White North, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud of being an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith in unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Uh, coming to you from some secret studio, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I summarize that if heat rises, then heaven must be hotter than hell. Joining me as usual is a team that will tell you that experience is something you don't get until just after you need it. Now she noticed that 99% of all lawyers give the rest of them a bad name, Nancy. That's right, and I have two brothers that are lawyers, so I know from experience from which I speak. <laughs> She's back, and she got a new camera so advanced that you don't even need it, Teresa. Wow. <laughs> and he calculated that the severity of an itch is proportional to the reach, Scott. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, welcome back. I hope you had a good week. It was an interesting week. Yeah, yeah exactly. A lot of things happened. A lot of things that happened. And, uh, of course, we have to make note of something that it was somebody's birthday. I know. Our little cricket here had a birthday. Happy birthday, Teresa. Oh, thank Happy you. Happy birthday. Yeah. What's it like being 23? Exactly. It's amazing. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so you actually went to the Giggle Dams yesterday, which I highly recommend. I went there with you, and I was actually molested by Princess Leia. There's video evidence on Facebook. <laughs> and you were even to a point brought on stage and saved by some um, second-rate superheroes oh yes <laughs> so if you guys have never been to Giggle Dam in Port Coquitlam I highly highly recommend it it's a it's a blast good it's always good to end a birthday week you know with a big celebration so yeah yeah great looking forward to your 24th birthday next year we can celebrate all over again i thought that, that was her 19th we're gonna have to get her id'd yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i know i go through that all the time it's so embarrassing but secretly you go yeah <laughs> all right let's get into a bit of chit chat um we got a lot of stories going on um, the U.S. trade dispute, uh, apparently, uh, Canada, you know, uh, we uh, talked about a couple of weeks ago, even last week, I think, we talked about uh, Trump uh, wanted to put a uh, slap a 20% duty on softwood lumber uh-huh. for Canadian Well, uh, Canada decided not to take that back and just sit back and relax and do nothing. No, no, they decided to retaliate. Uh, now they're considering retaliatory duties and ban on coal export throughout B.C., See, uh, yeah, so it, apparently Canada for once is not just saying, yes, sir, we'll do whatever you want. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, I agree with it. It's, shame, it's a shame that one psychopathic leader of a 
major country can cause that kind of disruption, you know, with the two closest neighbors he's got. Well, you think, I think Trump is uh, so used to having uh, the kind of uh, meeting with business leaders. I don't even think he has any idea of the of the history of these uh, trade disputes. And he just hears from somebody saying, oh, you know what, those Canadians are unfair. So, you know what, you're right. I have no idea, but I'm just going to go and say it because some business guy told him that on the meeting. That's right. And he takes, he doesn't expend the effort to learn. Mm-hmm. It's if he sees it on TV or someone tells him, then that's a fact. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, because he he's too lazy or he has a learning disability or he has something that prevents him from actually going and finding out the facts himself. Someone said he was going to a, a foreign country this week and yeah, the library. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. Speaking of Trump, he also ordered, and this is official, that all government offices in the United States are to switch their TVs to Fox News. Yeah. Official. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. No, CBS, CBS News had that on. So no. if that was, I'm hoping that wasn't fake because no, it seems to be spreading on social media it, it, like crazy. No. From now on in yeah. government offices, they, they used to have CNN apparently. On in government office. Well, okay, and that's not much better, but <laughs> maybe not. But now it's it's official. Fox News is the official um, station of the Trump administration. Wow. The molester station. Hey. <laughs> oh, on fire today. The molester station. You're on fire today. She totally is. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, let's switch to something a bit more fun. Um, Hubble, the space telescope. Apparently, they've uh, they have a new lens on it. And uh, Hubble has uh, the images that they've captured hundreds of galaxies six billion light years away. Now they have a new lens called the gravitational lens uh, and has helped magnify previously photographed regions of the cosmos. And uh, like I said, they found over six, uh, hundreds of galaxies six billion light years away. Uh, Fascinating. It is. Very cool. Yeah. Very long time ago. A very long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> well, in the meantime, we're all here on a speck of dust, and Jesus tells you not to masturbate. <laughs> go Jesus back. can go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, did I save that with my outside voice? I did. <laughs> How many times I've told you, Scott? Inside voice, inside voice. Uh, there's a, the second round of uh, French elections is happening, and uh, they have the, the uh, in France they have different a different system for the elections. They, they go by rounds. And the second round is going to uh, uh, pit Emmanuel Macron versus uh, Marine Le Pen. And he's, he's a centrist. Uh, Macron is a centrist. And Le Pen is far right. And so far right now, the polls are showing that Macron is at least 24 points ahead. I believe this election is happening tomorrow, Sunday. This, this sounds almost like tournament play. Do they... they... The joust? <laughs> you know, that would be entertaining. I'd love to see that. Sorry, a politician joust? That'd be well, awesome. Well, he was ahead until Wiki, WikiLeaks, um, they have a blackout from midnight Saturday until the, uh, there's a, like a, is it a 24, 48-hour period where the where news media, uh, by law, are uh, prevented from by broadcasting anything about the election, there there can be no campaigning, nor can mm. there be any discussion whatsoever um, on, on any media about the election. So an hour before midnight, um, or a little bit before WikiLeaks um, uh, put on social media uh, the hacked email of Macomb. 
Oh, really? Uh, yeah, just a, a huge dump. And they put the the hacks from his email and put some fake news in there. And they timed it so that the news, this fake news dump with the emails would hit just before midnight so that neither candidate would have a chance to discuss it. So like four or five minutes, I may have my time a little bit off. So McCone immediately before midnight had enough time to issue a statement saying, this is what happened. It's fake news, you know, and, and so we, we need to go on. But but please ignore this in terms of the election. I'm so I'm I'm kind of surprised here. I I, I saw something in in passing about when you talk about the uh, the hack there, uh, to Macron's email. But I'm surprised you you're saying here that WikiLeaks put in fake news. That's not them. No, they didn't put the the whoever hacked put the put the news um, put news and fake news and then gave it oh. to WikiLeaks. I'm almost sure it went through WikiLeaks. If it went independently, yeah, I'm WikiLeaks sorry. Yeah, because WikiLeaks just says you just reveal what they received. Yeah, That's I'm, all they do. but I may be yeah. off there, but I but they did release the hacks and it it was in almost identical form mm-hmm. as what had happened to Hillary before. So there's no doubt in anybody's mind that it's the Russians. Um, and I think they, the, the, the hacker that was responsible for it had the name Fancy Bear. And so this is, they, they feel this is the, the, same, the same hacker. I don't That's kind of scary. I don't, uh, well, you, you're seeing the Russians here, but I, I don't understand why the Russians would put their nose into France's elections. Because they want Le Pen to, they want the far right uh, um, candidate to win. Mm, I don't know. I will certainly something That's will what the, You're into world politics there, and it, it, it's a really scary Thing. It's very scary. If you look, the Russians have been stepping up their patrols. They've been uh, ramping up their military budget. And, yeah, no one really is sure what's going on. So Yeah, but also, I, I'm not here to defend Russia, obviously, but you remember that Russia is not the Soviet Union either, right? It's not. No. They, they don't have the same uh, military might that they once had. Uh, they don't have the same kind of budget either. So I, I, I really am leery of people saying, you know, Russia... Portraying well, them right away like the Cold War, like well, used to, right? They they do have that kind of influence, though. Well, that's Putin the, has an agenda, and it's he's got like an part agenda. of the agenda seems to be disrupting yep. any election where you have a a moderate to to liberal in in the race. They want to completely destroy that. I don't know. I'm, I'm a tad skeptical of all this. Um, no, I'm not saying that it's not impossible. It's I'm good a, skepticism. I'm just, yeah, I'm just a bit skeptical of it. I, I just don't quite see it happening. Who knows? Time will tell. Uh, but of course, people are watching this election in France because of Brexit and because of what happened here in the U.S. Uh, in the U.S. with Trump, right? Uh, well, having having European Union fall apart is another. That would be a huge political um, gain for win Trump. gain for, for for any country that's not. I mean, it's uh, not in the see, Well, you see, the European Union as a foe. Hmm. Doesn't Le Pen have? Doesn't know. she have some loans? Didn't, didn't she? She was doing something with Putin. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, there's a little coziness going on there. I don't know. Yeah, whether there it's seems. Financial, it, it's kind of funny that you know when you go back to Trump in the United States and there was some coziness there that nobody's been able to prove. But I mean, it's all there in the in the wings, and there was talk of them interfering with the American election, and it's almost like if if you can take this away and say, okay, let's let's just 
bleed away from that. Either somebody's playing a really neat trick and putting all this fake news out there, or there is actually something going on and there's manipulation happening to different countries. No, I, I don't doubt there is manipulation happening. I'm just not exactly sure as to the point and to the conspiracy that we're almost seemingly fabricating here. And like I guess sure said, it yeah, is exactly time um, will tell. Oh, exactly, but time we will never tell. landed on the moon, so. <laughs> and of course, Le Pen has also known that her father used to run in politics as well. He ran opposite uh, Jacques Chirac a long time ago, and he was. This, I remember Jacques. Yeah, he he was killed actually in the in the in the polls and the in the vote. Uh, he totally didn't make it. I think he got fifteen percent of the vote, and now it's she. You know, the daughter she Melody daughter. got forty forty percent. Yeah, so I wrote that, that right. That hard right is moving up a little bit, which is scary, but. The, her father was really, a, I mean, he was just a horrible. Oh, yeah. And she doesn't seem much Disaster of a, of a man. Okay, in better news, I guess, Scientology. <laughs> Our old friends are Scientologists. There's a facility in Tennessee that is, has been closed down after police finds patients held against their will. No. Oh, oh it didn't yeah. happen. Apparently, one victim was there for rehab and to get clean through Scientology. He'd been there for nine months held against his will. I, I think I think these kind of uh, things. I mean, this the Leo Romini uh, program on a, I think it's on A and E about uh, Scientology, and uh, the other one that came out a few uh, was it last year? I yeah. think we're we're seeing the death of Scientology here. On, on, on we're seeing it unravel. I think it's falling apart. Oh, what do they? Um, I forget under what circumstances. It's so that they can get clear or get manipulated until they till they're brainwashed enough. To be back in the well, mainstream of Scientology. I don't, well, Scientology I don't essentially says, you know, much like much religion is uh, the, the premise is you're sick, and we have the cure, right? So what they do is they say you have like thetans or stuff like that inside of you, and we can release them from your body. And the less of them you have, well, the more powerful you become as a person. And then they'll use example like Tom Cruise that has got probably very little things or whatever in his body, and that's why he's so famous and et cetera, et cetera, right? Fruitcake. I totally, yeah. totally. No, you you just wonder what kind of a life did this person have, where he was there for nine months? Did nobody notice that he didn't show up for work or wasn't there well, for family reunions or? His family's all in Scientology. Yes, yeah, he works for a likely. company that's probably Scientology controlled. So his, his job's being held for him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really horrible to think that someone can be held against their will for nine months and not be able to communicate or have anybody communicate where they can do something yeah, do, for do, this guy. I, I always thought there might have to be a lot of psychological abuse, too, because physically it would be difficult to restrain a person unless you literally put them in jail, in a jail. It'd be difficult to, I don't know, you put me in a camp, I'll bust through that fence eventually, right? So unless you, you really, really scare me psychologically, I don't see how you would stop a person. So there is that kind of abuse. So anyway, moving on. So we're doing a quack watch today? Why don't we? Let's do that. All righty. Quack watch. Okay, this is... We're going to think about this as a quack watch, but it's a more interesting situation. So this is sort of quack watch with a very open mind. <laughs> we, we can do it. This is interesting. Have um, any of you heard of integrated medicine? This is Never. a new. This is a new term for me, and it's one that's becoming more 
more popular. And um, many uh, um, many of us in North America really haven't haven't heard of the integrative um, medicine, but we remember the old term, which was holistic medicine. Uh. Yeah, okay, and this is uh, a movement that sort of stems from the holistic movement, and it's left its imprint. Holistic medicine left its imprint on a lot of hospitals, universities, medical schools, and clinics. So what integrated medicine is, is where doctors and patients bond with the philosophy and its whole person approach, similar to holistic medicine. And it's designed to treat the person, not just the disease, which sounds wonderful on on the surface. So integrated medicine or functional medicine, as it's sometimes called, depends on the partnership between the patient and the doctor, where the goal is to treat mind, body, and spirit all at the same time. And theoretically, and sometimes in practice, that can really be a good thing because when you go to the doctor and you've got 10 minutes and he says, take this pill, this is not medicine. This is trying to get you through the system as fast as you can. And very often people stay on medications longer than they should or Mm. it doesn't work. And then when they want to find someone to talk to, their doctor is busy. So many times people turn to alternatives medicine because they don't get what they need from from the traditional doctor and this is a way on the part of some medical doctors to say we will not only treat you um, uh, the best way we can with scientific medicine but we will also provide the alternate forms of therapies that will help uh, uh, enhance you you in in, in terms of, of wellness so this is what they've done. The, the doctors have started um, uh, practices where some of these sometimes unconventional therapies are um, a, a guiding principle within the traditional medicine a medical model. So what they do is they offer this operating system and clinical model for assessment, treatment, and prevention of chronic disease to replace outdated and ineffective acute care models. Um, and, and so this is something that comes uh, you know, in, in forward from the old 20th century, 19th century model of medicine. So it incorporates supposedly the latest in genetic science, systems biology, understanding how environmental and lifestyle factors influence emergence and progression of diseases, and enables physicians and other health professionals to practice proactive, predictive, and personalized medicine and empowers patients to take an active role in their health. This sounds ideal. Yeah, but you know, you forgot to mention the word quantum. There has to be the word quantum in there at some point. That's how you, that's how you sell it, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you say you say quantum something, quantum people something. start buying it. Yeah, and this this hasn't gotten that far yet. But they have they haven't integrated quantum into. They the haven't camp. integrated. Yeah, that's one thing that hasn't been haven't integrated. So, one of the models, their Cleveland Clinic in the United States. There are some integrated clinics in in Canada, in Toronto, and in Vancouver. Um, There's also, um, there's one in Baltimore. So they're they're springing up and they're coming, they're becoming a lot more uh, popular. So Duke Center, 
in, in North Carolina is a classic model, and this is how it works. They combine conventional, conventional Western medicine with alternative or complementary treatments such as herbal medicine, acupuncture, massage, biofeedback, yoga, and stress reduction techniques, all in an effort to treat the whole person. And proponents of it prefer the term complementary uh, to emphasize that such treatments are used with mainstream medicine, not just as replacement or alternatives. Mm-hmm. Again, when handled right, integrative medicine um, gets a great boost of public awareness and funding um, because at this point, now one in three Americans had used alternative therapy, often under the medical radar. So it, it, the, the complementary medicine is popular, and then going to your regular doctor is, is is sort of the way to go to treat whatever diseases that that people have. So in the past decade, these integrative medical centers have opened up across the country, and according to American Hospital Association in the U.S., the percentage of U.S. hospitals that offer complementary therapies has more than doubled in a decade. So we may not have heard of it until, you know, just recently, but this has been going on and increasing over the over the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. So it's from it went from 8.6% in 1998 to almost 20% in 2004 and Whoa. climbing. So th- this is the mind-body connection. And then in addition, there are hospitals that are integrating this and also medical schools that are in- including it. So the proponents of it are, um, are really positive. I'm surprised to, say, to, to hear you say that hospitals are, are, are taking this in. Hospitals um, are, are training, are including some of these therapies as part, like massage therapy. If you're in the hospital, okay, yeah. you can have massage therapy. So they're not bringing in, you know, like and biofeedback, you know, to to help people with pain reduction. So and these are these are all part of this this complementary and it's well. It's the, this in. is probably where the people find it difficult because you know, of course, massages are good for you and and it's been proven. So it's integrated in. But if in the same in the same circle you have these 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 other quack medicines and all of a sudden it's hard for the average joe to say well you know why is a massage in this category a good thing but this other therapy is not well, that that's where you get a, a lot of the controversy on the part of the skeptics because you have the the scientifically based um, medicines where you can have peer reviews and they can be studied and you have the complementary which are taken on, you know, because you hear that someone else has had this kind of therapy and it's helpful and it, it's anecdotal rather than... than, than than being put through the the double blind studies. Yeah, the anecdotes remains one of the most powerful tools for convincing people. Yeah, and and so, um, but the people who believe this say that it's no longer fringe. And medical students now are being taught to think in an integrated way about the patient, and ultimately, you know, to accept some of these that do no harm and seem to seem that the patients accept and feel better. They're they're embracing it much uh, more. The much placebo more than they effect. Did. Well, that's exactly what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. How do we know it's not the placebo effect? Well, it is. 
it, it, well, that's that's part of that's part of what we're going to get to, and that's why this is a, a complicated. It's not very straightforward in terms of quack. It could be the placebo effect, and yet in many instances, for instance, with acupuncture, people have shown, you know, through the years that they have gotten, you know, a, a relief from that, and when doing some other form of therapy, it's not as effective. So you get into a very murky field of how do I know whether or not to just stay with my traditional doctor or should I embrace some of these alternate therapies that that may do may do some good and doctors who used to say um, no don't pay any attention just you know these are not proven are now opening their minds and saying well maybe they have some some merit by the way, free, free tip for everybody out there, when you do uh, you want to use acupuncture, go actually go to a Chinese person. Because if you're just going to Bob's acupuncture, he's just putting finishing nails in you. Know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the, so, so there, there's the pro about, about integrated medicine. And here, getting into what you were talking about a minute ago, Kevin, mm-hmm. here's, here's some of the cons that are presented by proponents at science-based medicine, such as Quack Watch and, and Skeptic Diary and okay. so forth and so on. Lean on us. Yeah, they say that integrative medicine is integrated quackery with medicine. (laughs) (laughs) And that in essence, um, the, the time and again, to put that kind of quackery on equal footing, or at least apparently equal footing, with science and evidence-based medicine, um, that, that is, even though that it's a goal close to be achieved, that it, um, the, the word complement still is not real medicine, and just as it, it may be icing on the cake, but um, that doesn't mean that you're really having the best of both of both worlds. It's still a um, a quack, um, a form of medicine disguised as a as a special as a bonus specialty. So what they also say in, in the science based medicine website is that it's easy to identify a lot of this quackery that practice that practitioners and woo friendly physicians have integrated um, into medicine. And they say that a lot of it is based on pre scientific ideas of how the body and dis- how the human body and disease work. For instance, traditional Chinese medicine, especially acupuncture punctures we were talking about before is based on a belief system that resembles the four humors in ancient Western or European medicine mm-hmm. or on non-existent body structures or functions that uh, are, 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 are used to uh, at like energy flow and, and things like that. So the problem, they say, with functional medicine or integrated medicine is that at its core, it's as close to being nonsensical as the more obvious forms of quackery. It just hides better, given the number of fancy-sounding medical specialty names that it gives. And that it's not special or superior to plain old science-based medicine. Um, for those who want to study alternatives to scientific medicine, the University of Arizona seems like a hot spot. It not only supports the work of a lot of the centers, um, but it, um, um, it there's a one of the guys there, Andrew Weil, who is a pseudo scientific uh, 
heads its integrative medicine program there. So that's another place to go to to study um, maybe the worst parts of what is called integrative medicine. So the, the skeptics say, why would a major university risk its reputation by supporting such programs? Because these programs you see are very, University of Phoenix? Yeah, the University of Arizona. Major. No, University okay. of Arizona. <laughs> still hardly a major university. Said because these programs are popular with the masses, the media, med medical schools and physicians and politicians. First and, and there's a significant there's significant grant money available now through mm. such programs and insurance is now paying for it in many instances. So um, a, a lot of agencies like the, the uh, National Institutes of Health and other universities um, um, like the fact that they can now get money for a lot of these al alternative um, medical um, uh, practitioner um, practices. Um, so the, at the end result, the, the, the skeptics say that someday we may look back at this period of history and see the alternative science movement as a well-engineered social movement that created a very popular mass delusion on par with the tulip mania of the 17th century in Holland. And the tulip mania meant that um, it was used to, to refer to any large economic bubble when asset prices deviate. So the tulip bubble was people began to pay, began to think that the tulips were so special that they'd pay anything from them. And they mm. finally reached... Created a demand for it. Yeah, created a demand. And then when the bubble burst, everybody was left. So they look at this whole movement. So the, the, what I get out of all of this is that if there is a genuine... Um, regard for treating the whole person and the medical specialties and the um, alternative methods are use ethical practices for the wellness and and um, promotion of, of good health mm -hmm. for the patient then I think there's there's a value to them the problem is is that when you get quacks who are after your money and have no degrees and put for instance chiropractors don't stick to their manipulation but they stick to orthomolecular medicine where they want you to spend a ton of money on vitamins and supplements now that now we're getting into the quackery so i think if you if you are a proponent of integrated medicine be very careful to the clinics and the people who are who are involved if that's something that you feel will enhance your your overall sense of well-being and health but it still only revolves on the anecdote right the anecdote saying oh yeah this works because i've got such and such guy tried it, and it worked for him. Right? And some of it, some of it's on a data that is unclear as to whether it really. So they're they're not put through the scientific double blind peer exactly. peer reviews. Exactly. But if it's something that does no harm and adds to your well-being when you're going through a devastating illness like cancer or multiple sclerosis, and this is a way for you to feel relief while you're going through you know, all of the medical testing and, and therapies, then I see, I see that there's a value there. Maybe it wouldn't be such an issue if there was no dollar amount attached to it, right? If we, if we lived in if we lived in a society that had no need of money at all, maybe this would less be of an issue. But when you're actually as a patient that's forking out big sums of money for something that even if it makes him feel a bit better, 
that money could have been better spent maybe somewhere else to actually heal that person. But, you know, the, they're, they're, the counter to that is that doctors prescribe medications where you spend a lot of money on medications, you know, for stress relief or uh, you can't sleep, sleep a chronic insomnia, where maybe a massage and meditation may help you fall asleep for for a lot less money, so you can you can look at it you can look at yeah. it and justify each site. That's why it's not clear cut. No, so exactly. it's it's you then you get into a buyer beware exactly. situation. Exactly. Exactly. So Teresa, what do you think about uh, quantum acupuncture? That's it. Thank you for thank you for that comment. Thank you for that comment. Well done, Teresa. Well done. Stop your yoga. Stop your yoga for a minute, Teresa, and answer. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nancy, for that. That was uh, took a little longer, no, but I think it's a really interesting because there's just you know it, it's getting to the point that it's it's in the mainstream. Yeah, it's important to talk about these kind yeah. of things. Yeah. Uh, before we go to commercial, then we talk to. Our guest today, which will be Dr. Randy Tyson, our friend Randy Tyson from uh, Calgary. Let's do... Things that make you go, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Well, did you guys hear that a woman sued Johnson & Johnson? uh, And she blames her ovarian cancer on the Johnson & Johnson baby powder. Yes. Yes, and and she won one hundred and ten point five million dollars. Holy cow! That's million dollars. Million dollars. <laughs> but people have gotten um, ovarian cancer from talcum powder. Well, this is the funny thing. She says she's been using talcum powder for forty years, and uh, she's sixty-two year old Lois Slemp, and. Um, Three, apparently, three previous juries awarded a total of not $197 million to similar claims. But the funny thing is, no research has found a link between talcum and cancer. I think, isn't there some research now that shows uh, that that is... Some of the lawyers apparently have cited some other research that, was, yeah. uh, that, uh, that uh, connects talcum to cancer, but in the 70s. So, and of course, talcum is a, talc is a mineral, and it's the softest of mineral, and it's crushed, essentially makes a powder, and that's basically is baby powder. Well, I think they, I think it's where on your body you're using the talcum powder, and if it's used down there, as it is to there. be polite, that, that's, that's where, yeah, that's where, where well, she the may, be, may be vulnerable to, but who knows? Scott, I'm not going to start explaining yeah. female anatomy <laughs> to you. Female anatomy, right. You're a grown well, man. I, I don't know, but talc is usually an externally applied you, you substance. How you the heck did... Uh... <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll have it. We'll have a. We'll have a chai tea, and I'll explain. <laughs> it. So I, I, I thought I thought it was a, a very interesting thing. We'll have to keep an eye on that to see what happens. One hundred and ten million dollars. That's just amazing. Yes, that's one hundred ten million dollars. Of course, Johnson Johnson replied right away by uh, essentially contesting it. An appeal. An appeal. Also, yeah. we're going to see what's going to happen. Uh, next story. Um, do you guys hear this week about a Trump Care? Uh, yeah, so Trump Care is the new GOP health care reform bill that the uh, Trump administration is trying to use to replace Obamacare. Uh, apparently, it will. It's a transfer of wealth, Trump Care, non existent medical 
um, uh, treatment for people who need it care. Oh yeah, exactly. Thing. Does this mean that? Does this mean that now you go to Trump Towers, take a room, and they treat you there with alternative uh, medicine? No, they take every penny you got and transfer it to some rich guys and leave you stranded and kicked to the side of the road. Well, this That's week what they do now. This week, the bill actually passed the House. Uh, so Trump Care narrowly passed. It's also known as the American Health Care Act by a vote of 217 to 213. Uh, no Democrats backed the bill, and 20 Republicans broke ranks to oppose it. The, th- the thing with uh, the, the Republican uh, health care bill, the new Trump care bill, is it signals a dramatic and significant shift from Obamacare where pre-existing conditions were guaranteed to receive coverage, including rape, sexual assault, and domestic violence. In other words, under Trump care, being raped becomes a pre-existing condition. Inconceivable! And they can deny you medical coverage for that. What? Right. The next Absolutely. is breathing. Breathing is a pre- <laughs> pre-existing cell division condition. is a pre-existing condition. Yeah. So uh, ABC confirms the states will be allowed because now it puts the onus on the states. The states will be allowed to give insurance companies permission to punish patients with pre-existing conditions with exorbitant rates. In other words, in the states, uh, for our Canadian listeners that might not know. Uh, the insurance you have to apply to an insurance company. If the insurance company says, "Well, no, we're not going to, we're not going to uh, treat uh, this uh, condition you have because we're not going to pay for it. We're not going to pay for it because you uh, have a history of diabetics or something yeah. like that." But yeah. now, if you have a history of, you know, you're sexually assaulted, domestic violence, or even rape, now they can say, "Well, too bad, so sad. We're not paying for this." So it's a big blowjob to your insurance company. Yeah, which they did did before Obamacare. The good news news is that the bill is garbage. It's it's garbage, and it was only to get, you know, to get one for the Gipper, you know, to get some success since in legislatively since there had been nothing under Trump care mm-hmm. and to for everybody to say, yeah, we really are good Republicans, which is good because now we can identify everybody and they can be voted out, <laughs> which is wonderful. Ooh. But it goes to the Senate. And the Senate, there's yes. no way the Senate is going to accept any part of this. They're either going to reject it or tear it apart. This is where, my, start man, from scratch. This is where my main man, Bernie Sanders, came out. And yeah. he, said, he says, no way. He says, that is no. not passing the Senate. He said, good luck. It's not well, going to happen. Well, can you imagine a, an emergency responder, either an ambulance, a firefighter, a policeman, or a soldier comes in with PTSD and they turn around and deny right. it and say, that's right. That's a pre-existing condition. It is. Like, oh, absolutely. PTSD is actually one of them. Yeah. Uh, the list of pre-existing conditions could also be extended to a variety of preventative health care services, as well, including mammograms. Holy shit balls. So gynecological, oh, man. Gynecological, right. so, uh, gynecological exams also fall under the pre-existing condition category. An exam that sexual assault survivors have to rely on following an attack, right? They need it to be examined to make sure, you know, there's whatever. Uh, and women in general use... You know, gynecological exam, it's a regular part of a woman's, you know, going yeah. to a doctor. It happens on a regular yeah. basis, right? Well, for good reason. So, in conclusion to that, in Trump's America, rape is a pre-existing condition. That's exactly what they're saying here. And yeah, too bad, and, so and, and, and they want those people to go into a separate pool and, and pay premiums of like... Fourteen to twenty-six thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. which means people aren't going to be able to afford that. And and what the bill actually did, it was disguised as a tax break for people at the top, so that it would allow the next phase of the tax bill 
to be that it set the stages for absolutely which is not ta- not going to be tax reform it's going to be tax cuts for the rich because they really need you some really more need tax that, yeah. breaks and on top of that of course uh, now that they're replacing the uh, obamacare with this uh, 24 million Americans stand to lose their insurance, their life. Uh, their, their, uh, well, it's, it's 24 just, million not, will lose it, but what about the other 100-plus million who have insurance who all of a sudden are going to have conditions they can't treat exactly. anymore? It's not going to happen. I mean, we... Well, stranger things have happened. Yeah, right? uh, um, the American uh, Care, Affordable Care Act is going to be changed, I'm sure. There's going to be some tweaking, but it'll be, it'll remain intact and it'll be It'll be improved at the end. I really feel that it, this because the resistance that is made up of of indivisible and and a lot of the other and the Bernie groups they're going to resist this and put pressure on the um, on the Republicans. There, yeah. I don't think all of them are going to lose their seat. Um, that's too optimistic. Oh, but sure a bunch of them, <laughs> as soon as they, as soon as the Trump supporters wake up and find out. What's happened? And on, uh, of course, af- after all this, apparently there was a uh, the GOP kind of threw a huge party because they had beat the uh, Obama guy, right? Yeah. So <laughs> uh. I, don't, I don't know what these people are thinking. You know, when when the United States finally implodes, I wonder how what the property values will be down there. We might <laughs> we might stand a good chance of going and buying some premier property. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh well. Insane, insane. All right, uh, thanks a lot for that, guys. So we're going to take a break right now, and after that, we're going to come right back with Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason. Stay with us. Hi, I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps, as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page. If your skepticism is socially conscious and doesn't take itself too seriously, you might like life, the universe, and everything else. Great comfort, his big stumper was literally, which came first, the chicken or the egg? A lot of the interviews took place in front of a building that said liberal arts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing that they're not all science majors. (laughs) Life, the universe, and everything else. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere else. I don't know, Zoom? Is that still a thing? It was this point of mystery, and in gets invoked God. This, over time, has been described by philosophers as the god of the gaps. If that's where you're going to put your god in this world, then God is an ever-receding pocket of scientific ignorance. And we're back. Oh, great. 
So on the line, we have via Skype our old friends from the Legion of Reason. We saw them last time when we had that uh, Halloween show. Yeah. So I please. Know, it's always fun. Please welcome back with us uh, Christine and Dr. Randy Tyson. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, thank you. Thanks for having us back. Hi, gang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, glad you had the time to spend with us. It's always fun when you're here. Thank you. Oh, that's good. It's good to know. Thank you. Guys, uh, I know you guys have been on the show before, and some of our older listeners will, will remember you for sure, but uh, we always have new listeners. So if you'd be so kind to give us uh, the Reader Digest version of who you are and what is the Legion of Region Diversion. Well, the Legion of Reason Diversion is a podcast you're dealing with. Uh, we hope skepticism uh, as applied to life in general, uh, anywhere from uh, our, our main, you know, our whole raison d'etre was was religion originally, but we've expanded into the region of uh, regressive leftism and social justice uh, and some of the problems therein. And uh, well, as for myself or me, oh, don't I just did it? My wife's going to get me. I, I used the word myself wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's a pet peeve. She she gets me every time I do this. Uh, is that why me, you should do it together? Uh, edit that. Uh, edit. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. My wife is in Ghana, so she can open this and do this. But, uh, as for me, I'm uh, uh, I have a PhD in chemistry and biochemistry, and I work uh, doing something. I can't really talk about it, actually. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, NDA. I'm under NDA. So okay. I don't know how much I can talk about it. Uh, but it's in the healthcare field and uh, developing a, a medical device for treating cancer. And that's that's it for me. Uh, Christine, you... Yeah. Um, I am working on my PhD in uh, communications. And uh, obviously, I'm a co-host on the Legion of Reason, um, past president of Atheist Alliance International, and uh, on the board of directors for AHA. And, uh, so, it, so it is past. Yeah. I mean, I, like, like I, I can't keep it. You need a scorecard with with <laughs> Alliance International. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you're president. Sometimes you're not. <laughs> Cool. Well, th thanks, guys, for joining us on the show. So uh, we're going to do, um, you know what, I'm thinking there's a couple of stories I've been wanting to uh, get into for a while there, and uh, we haven't actually got a chance to get to. So we are going to do what our little segment that we always like call Another Brilliant Moment, brought to you by religion. I want your uh, opinion on this, everybody. Um, this is an older story uh, that happened in March. Um, you know... There's uh, Ohio parents are suing their court-appointed caregivers who forcibly baptized their son. Mm. Now, having a mentor from Big Brothers and Sisters is supposed to be an educational, uplifting experience. Well, Ohio native April uh, the Freebo certainly thought it would help her 11-year-old son, and everything was fine until her son's mentor took him to get baptized without him warning anybody. The pastor held him underwater, to the boy's surprise, leading him to have recurring nightmares. <laughs> oh. Quote, they held my son underwater. It wasn't like he was sprinkled water on his head. It was like full immersion. He kicked, he screamed, and told him beforehand that he was afraid. And uh, <laughs> every day since, he's had nightmares. Oh, my gosh. Is what? that child? Would that, would like they, could, could, could they have been charged with child abuse? I kind of wonder, you know. That no, child no, obviously no, didn't feel the love of God there. It's for God. It's not child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> So now she wants to solve... Yeah, no, no, God's never abused anybody, no, no. No, 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 he's got a long history of being very kind and uh, truthful yeah. and friendly. It's not like he's ever drowned anybody or anything. Like that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> point for Andy, point for Andy. 
So now she wants assault and child endangering charges filed against the Morningstar Friends, Church of Chardon, the pastor, the Big Brother and Big Brothers and Big Sisters organization itself. Well, good luck to her. I wish she does. Yeah, I, I hope she does. I, I can see where big brothers, you know, big sisters might be liable for not properly vetting uh, people who are. I'm not you know, sure it's a question of vetting, though. I mean, the, the, the vetting would have been, you know, these are the pastor. It's the baptism, the way he baptized this well, person. So it's, well, it's taking the child without the parent's permission to the church. And obviously, well, I don't say obviously. Obviously, but a good attorney is going to bring in big brothers and sisters for either they're knowing about this and not doing anything about it or being totally ignorant where they, where they should have way. I was just going to make the point that, you know, is this a case where big brother was not watching? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ten point bonus for that one. <laughs> good. I got another story. Um, in 2009, there was a uh, Kent uh, Shape. Oh wow, I'm gonna massacre this. Shabel, as two he's a two-year-old son of Hebert, uh, Herbert, and Catherine Shabel. He uh, con- uh, contacted uh, bacterial pneumonia. Uh, he could have been saved by doctors, but his parents didn't give him a chance. They decided to pray for him instead, right? So of course, a few doses of Tylenol could have saved the kid, but no, he died. After he died, they were found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. They could have served up 17 years in prison, but that's not what happened. They gave them a 10, gave them a 10 years probation instead, in terms of which include a requirement that the oh. Shables uh, schedule re- regular appointments with a qualified medical person for all their children and release their children's medical record. And now the Shables have killed another one of their kids <gasps> in the same manner. Oh, no. Brandon, he was only eight months old, spent the last week of his life breathing with difficulty and suffering from diarrhea. His parents watched him deal with this, and he has failed to take to heart the lesson they've learned years ago. Take the child to a goddamn doctor. So then the charge could be filed once more. Authorities pinpoint the boy had died. Uh, how the point... Oh, sorry. Charge could be filed once authorities pinpoint how the boy died. An official cause of death is pending an autopsy, according to police. So uh, the judge that came in this time and he says, uh, I am sorry for your loss. Deeply sorry. Judge Benjamin Lerner told the couple, but in all honesty, I am more sorry for the fact that this innocent little child will not be able to grow up to be something he wanted to be. You're a danger to the community, Lerner said. This is the judge. You're a danger to your children. Thoughts? Should we toss the book at these people? <laughs> oh, man. Well, what book are you going to throw at them? The Bible or the, you know? <laughs> Beat them over the head or, with it? Yeah, or, or the, legal, the legal book. It's obvious. Well, I don't know. They've fallen through the cracks. They were supposed to adhere to to uh, being monitored yeah but obviously when they had this child someone dropped the ball because they should have been monitored we i don't know what the terms were but obviously the terms were not strict enough to be able to prevent these people from uh, doing what they wanted to do regardless of the sentence and of course uh, the probation uh, terms of probation this couple has seven other kids right now they're in foster care because of this so this it just it makes me it just makes you sick. Yeah, you know? sp- especially for something as stupid as you know. Come on, you just take him to a doctor, give him a couple of Tylenols, and that'll, that'll save the kid, right? But no. Yeah, but no, God will do what what's best, and so that's uh, the power of I, God. The power of Christ compels you. But yeah. Randy, so, any thoughts on the power of God so far? Oh, we've seen a case where that would come to light. I mean, you know, it's amazing. You know, people are so, sorry, Randy. You know, uh, let in me... natural disasters. They, they, uh, oh, I, I was saved by God, but then 
don't notice that their neighbors were smited. Uh, huh. it, it just, uh, people don't think that through, you know, like they don't understand the implications of what they're saying. No, it's, it's, I totally it's, agree. It amazes me. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The whole excuse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, anybody that can watch a baby suffer and say it's for the best because it's God's will, they need to be locked up. I totally agree. I totally agree. And sterilized. <laughs> yeah. She looked at me when she said that, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, why, aren't, why didn't the judge say, okay, you're, you're, you're no longer the caretaker of your kids, period? Yeah, well, the basically. words of the state. Yeah, they, 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 they did. The seven of the kids right now in foster care. Uh, but so the par- while okay. the parents are still Very free. Fast. Good, good. That's 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 correct. You know, we've had a couple of cases here in 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 Alberta. Oh, is that so? For, uh, that that are recent. Um, the Stefans in uh, Lethbridge. They, right. Uh, was that the Maple Syrup? Similar. One? They they received jail time. Uh, their child had uh, oh, was it meningitis and re- didn't take the kid to see doctor. Took the kid to see a na- uh, naturopath. Oh! Yes. Or, uh-huh. or uh, request got uh, advice from a naturopath and then. Finally, at, at the very, you know, when it was too late, they did go and take the child to uh, emerge. They received jail time. But they're currently appealing the, the sentence, and we'll see what comes of that. Was anything ever done but to the, the naturopath? No, they, they, of course, the College of Naturopaths, I mean, the, the idea that there is such a thing is ridiculous, but <laughs> that, beside the point, uh, it, they felt that there was no wrongdoing by the naturopath. So. Really? Wow, because I, as a layman, if I'm yeah. doing first aid and I, I do something completely out to lunch and give, you know, bad advice that results in a death, couldn't I be charged for something as being an idiot? A little bit more sense than that. You have that, the, the prisons would be full. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was, thank you, thank you, Randy. I was, I was well, heading so. there, but you said it a lot better. I mean... Yeah, it just amazes me because that naturopath there. We already have an over over uh, uh, populated prison system. Uh, well, of course, the United States we're, we're tiny in comparison to that. But you, you do this in the states, and it, even if you're doing the right thing and the person doesn't have a good outcome, you can be held liable. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it depends if you're following I mean, the prescribed the... procedures, like a first aider follows prescribed. Now, even procedures, if you're following the right? prescribed, yeah, you're better off, honestly. In the United States, you're better off just leaving the person to the side of the road, legally speaking. Really? Wow. wow. That's amazing. Well, I think it no aren't, in some, aren't in, some, yeah, it in, in some places they have a good Samaritan law where mm-hmm. if you do your best to try and yeah, help, we're, we're even though you're a here. layman, uh, regardless of the results, you're not held liable because your intentions mm-hmm. were good. In some places, they do have good Samaritan laws, but I don't know, you know, where or, or whether. No, we don't know exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but as, as a, yeah, well, as that's a, the thing. Sorry, go ahead. A guide, <laughs> guidebook, flip through while the guy's dying. Uh, <laughs> no, and, and, and let's face it. Okay, if if I was treating someone as a first aider, my only recourse is to say we need to get them to medical aid, and that would be where the the discretion comes in. What have you done as a first aider? in order to get him to medical aid, right? That would be, and there's where the Good Samaritan Law applies. But but as somebody who's a natural, supposedly gone to a college and they're a naturopath, wouldn't there be some kind of, I mean, at some point, wouldn't they have to say, hey, you need to see a doctor? There's a problem with the naturopaths are not supposed to give medical advice, right? They're not actual doctors. Well, they're not doctors. Exactly. So I wouldn't wouldn't at some point Um, say, hey, go to a doctor? (laughs) 
I think she did tell them to take the kid to emergency. Yeah, she did. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Well, That's yeah, why she was not at but fault. It, they went to buy some naturopathic thing for, for their for their child. And, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's such a gray area. I mean, we're, we're, we're starting to allow this into the mainstream and when it shouldn't exist at all. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, you know, I totally agree. You know? Totally agree. And so it becomes a gray area of the law. Absolutely. Perfect. Uh, you know, at least in, in Ontario, chiropractors aren't allowed to call themselves doctor. You know, that should be everywhere. These people are not doctors. Yep. Really? I, I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. No, they cannot advertise themselves as doctors. Really? That's, 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 that's good problem. to know. That is interesting. I mean, it's... That's good to know. I didn't know. Yeah, that's yeah, good to know. Yeah. Oddly, I would have thought that would have been Quebec, because Quebec seems to be a little more um, progressive in terms of their social responsibility. <laughs> but... Something they also um, chiropractors are not allowed to promote anti-vaccination nonsense mm. as well. Oh, that's good. In Ontario, so yeah, that's good. And but how do you monitor that, right? Yeah, that's true. Right, it has to be. It's all complaint right? All right, thank you so much, guys, for that. We're going to need a medical malpractice lawyer as part of our team. <laughs> part of our team, yeah. <laughs> we get into these more discussions. of these more of these discussions. <laughs> Anybody want to join the Left of the Valley crew? It's a That's great right. podcast. <laughs> All right, so I'll, today we're going to be talking about the. Sorry, Randy. Lawyer, having a lawyer on staff would be great. What's that? Having a lawyer on staff would be really good too. I've often thought, gee, I wish I knew some constitutional lawyers. <laughs> That would be nice. That would be nice indeed. So today we're going to be talking about the regressive left, which is one of the pet peeves of our friend Randy Tyson. Randy, I'm told you really, really like those regressive left people, don't you? <laughs> Apparently it's something yeah, you never talk about on your podcast. So go ahead and explain to, explain to us, explain to the audience, what do you mean by regressive left? Oh, Christine, you can handle this one. This one's a good one. Sure. Go okay. ahead, Christine. Yeah. So um, this was a phrase coined by N- Majid Nawaz, and what he was referring to is kind of the that element of the left that essentially throws people like him under the bus. Um, um, he's uh, um, a Muslim. He's got the Quillam Foundation that he uh, is like um, an anti-terrorist organization, and he did a collaboration with um, Sam Harris, and he got called all kinds of names by both you know extremists on the. Um, Islamic spectrum and um, people on the left as well, calling them things like a porch monkey and, and this kind of thing. So he's talking about, um, yeah, people who, uh, um, the advocates for, I guess, social justice in the Islamic world, um, the lesbians, the gays, the, um, the mar- what does he call them, the um, marginalized or the marginalized, basically. And um, sorry, my phone just rang in the background. <laughs> can you guys hear that? Yeah, we can. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. So anyway, that's an element that Majid Nawad is, is referring to. And you see this, like, in, for example, this fetishization of the hijab in the U.S. and stuff like that, right? I have By a big problem. feminists and, you know. I have a huge problem. We'll talk about that, yeah. <laughs> let, let, let's, let's, pick, let's pick one of them at random. Let, let's start with that one. What is it with this this thing, this this idea of putting the hijab as a fashion statement. I mean, I've got, I've, we've got three ladies on. We've we got Christine, we've got Teresa, we've got Nancy. Is this something you guys would actually fall for? I mean, do you really think the hijab is fashionable in any way, shape, or form? 
crickets. No, no, I'm, no, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm really Mom trying to, yeah. Mom's two things. I find it kind of irritating, I mean, right? No, my, uh, my first reaction is no, and then I'm trying to think if there's anything that I, you know, that maybe I don't understand where, you know, I could say maybe there's certain circumstances, but I'm not knowledgeable enough. But I, I'll go with my instinct for me personally. I haven't uh, seen this in Canada yet, but maybe uh, Christine and Randy can say maybe if they've, if they've seen this ha happening in their neck of the woods. But in the States, there are places where they, they, they actually stop women, and uh, especially in the States, and they'll, wear, they'll make them try on a hijab. And it's usually the hijab usually looks also like the American flag. And I was like, "Hey, try this. You'll oh, see. It's, you know, yeah. it's, mm -hmm. it's 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 there's no there's no harm to it. It's disgusting. You know? It is. It's absolutely disgusting, and it's disturbing. Have you guys heard of these kind of instances happening in Canada at this point? I think there's a wear uh, hijab day on campuses and stuff like that. Where where hijab day? Where? Hmm? Where was this? At the U of C, they've had like wear yeah. wear hijab day. Oh my god! Okay, and that's been going on for quite a while. I mean, you know, it's just a matter of. And, and I guess, you know, the idea is to show solidarity. And I, I understand where people are coming from, but it's very misguided in the sense that, you know, it's, it's, it is a choice in North America. It's, you know, a privilege to, to be able to wear right. what you want. And it's really insulting to those women who are forced to wear it. And, you know, and if they don't, they're very harshly penalized. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, you know, the, Linda Sarsour really promotes this. She's a prominent uh, activist in the United States. And... He, she put a tweet out a little while ago that said that the, the hijab is um, a sign of self-respect and modesty. And that implies that not wearing the hijab is a, women are lacking in self-respect and lacking in modesty. This is, you know, my challenge to Linda Sarsour, and I was going to talk about this tomorrow night on our podcast, is if you really were about women's uh, rights and et cetera, you would actually have a take off the hijab day for all those women in the Middle East, the millions of women in the Middle East who are, who do not have that choice. Mm -hmm. Somehow I don't think she'll take me up on it. No, probably won't. There's also no, she's a hypocrite. She's yeah. an absolute hypocrite. There's also this cartoon that's been uh, all over social media where you have two women. One of them is completely cover covered in a burqa, and the other one is wearing a bikini and sunglasses, and they're, they're crossing path, and both of them are thinking the same thing. They're thinking essentially, oh, this poor woman, you know, faced with uh, st uh, male, uh, living in a male-dominated world and facing these kind of stereotypes and prejudice and blah, blah, blah. And, and I hate this cartoon because the girl in the bikini has a choice. Right, she, she, she's not. No, there's no nothing in yeah. society that says, you know what, you're a woman, you have to walk around with bikini and high heels. No, nobody <laughs> says that. Nobody says that. As much as I would like to encourage that, uh, nobody actually <laughs> says that. Right? <laughs> no, not you, Scott. Not you. It, it's the poison of religion. I mean, the, both of them have a legal right to wear what they want, but only one of them uh, has any real choice. I mean, they, this, the woman in the hijab will believe that her religion demands that she wear this as a sign to her god mm -hmm. that she is being modest and chaste and and whatever you know all i mean this is a this is what bugs me about the whole wear a hijab in support what happened to the 60s yeah, exactly <laughs> well you know what they say if you remember the 60s you weren't there are you kidding me <laughs> i mean that's it's, that's so haram i mean uh, yeah and, and, what, what the hell it is i don't get it 
No, and it also goes one step further because now last week uh, they were uh, I I didn't bring it up because I couldn't find the little article, but they found a uh, a woman that's been uh, guilty of uh, I believe she's a doctor too and she's uh, she's Muslim and she practices, but now she's practicing female genital mutilation, you know, uh, on uh, on on young girls. Yeah, so what a wonderful doctors. doctor! Yeah, two doctors have been arrested. Exactly, you know, and say, and, and and when you when you ask the parents, the the first thing they say is, well, if we don't we don't cut off her clit, uh, she won't be accepted to Allah's graces or whatever. This is ridiculous, and this is this is insanity. This is, you know, this is I I, I hate to say, but I, I truly don't think this is a cultural matter at this point. Yeah, uh, it's, you it's, know, it's it's there's mutilation. two things I want to say. One is that feminists who engage in this, you know, wear hijab thing in solidarity, you're not feminists. Stop stop calling yourself feminists. You're not being a feminist. And I want to play something here that goes to the FGM because I mean, this is going to shock the hell out of you. Okay. Right? I was going to play this tomorrow night, but I'll play it right now. Oh. Okay. Do practice genital cutting here in the U.S. on boys, then it should not be impossible to understand that there are cultures, there are societies that practice what uh, certain people are now calling gender. I just, I just don't want surgery. it in my culture, in my society. I guess that's but, kind of what so it comes okay down to. So it's okay to cut boys in society? I'm not society? saying, look, I'm just saying I don't want this, because I think it's awful. Well, we don't, in, in our culture, we don't discriminate. We don't, we have gender egalitarian <laughs> okay. surgeries. We do not discriminate. <laughs> gender egalitarian surgery. Say what? That's, uh, that's, that's outrageous. That's all right. Yeah. Referring I don't understand what she said. It's like word salad to me. I don't even No, she, she's saying that because some boys are yeah. having circumcision, therefore, it's all right yeah. to do it on girls. That's what I'm saying. What is it? Gender egalitarian surgery? You that's have the saying. right that's like, to be mutilated yeah. like everybody else. Yeah. I mean, that's horrible. It's, it's newspeak. Mm-hmm. It's newspeak. But, oh, absolutely is. And uh, this, uh, where, where did this happen? Uh, that was on the, uh, whatchamacallit, Tucker. Tucker Carlson Carlson show on Fox News a couple of nights ago. And it was a woman, uh, I can't remember her name. She's an anthropologist. It's a Fumbai. She should totally be a politician because she has a... Do another edit. And she um, opted for FGM herself as an adult. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. That's unreal. That is unreal. Mm -hmm. You know, going going back to the hijab, I mean, if someone, if a woman wants to wear a hijab, I'll support her a hundred percent. I don't think, I don't think we have the right to say, take it off or you can't work here, no, or you know, take it off because it's a distraction to everybody else. If, if someone wants to wear one, I think there should be a hundred percent freedom, you know, to to do right. so. But that's not saying that we can't say, hey, look, that's not necessarily a good choice. I mean, if your religion is demanding that you wear this, maybe you should think about your religion again. That's right. Leave it it up to her as to whether or not this is something she wants to wear or or not wear. No, but the the, the insidiousness of all this is where people are are trying to say this is a cultural thing. (laughs) The hijab is a cultural thing, and it's not. It's a religious demand. Same thing. Yeah, or, well, the, or, that, that's the point, though, is that, um, you know, women here do have a choice to wear it or not. That's the whole gist of it, right? We allow that freedom. And these women have the privilege of that particular freedom. Mm-hmm. And and, and they, they assert this as a feminist stance. That's my problem with it, like a symbol of feminism. Yeah. Well, just, it's yeah, exactly just, just the opposite. Crazy. Just like yeah. this last, last clip we heard, right? I mean, this this is obviously a problem, female genital mutilation, and she's switching it around as in uh, making so, something of a, a question of equality. It's not a question of equality no. at all, right? It's And especially on children, because they really don't have a say, right? I mean, if you're a, an 18-year-old woman plus, and you want to 
have a little piece of your <laughs> hoo-ha cut off, hey, all the power to you. But as a child, that really should not be imposed on you. Yeah, I agree. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Fantastic. Okay. That's that's one issue with the regressive left. Randy, what's what's your number two be for them? Freedom of speech. Oh, oh. They're Elaborate, right please. there. That the what's happening on campus is just just uh, a is it's so despicable. Uh, you know, like we've seen a lot of speakers who get deplatformed, who are invited speakers. Uh, recently, we saw Ann Coulter, who I just can't stand, but I support one hundred percent. You know, if somebody, some group from a university invites her in, yeah, power, more power to them. You know, it we people just cannot don't want to hear, not just for themselves, ideas that they don't agree with. They don't want anybody else to hear. I find that, well, just a little bit, uh, what's the, paternalistic. You know, like, uh, Very. I'm doing what's best for you. Well, screw that. Randy, <laughs> Randy, what, what gives I'll, you I'll the decide r- that. Randy, what gives you the right to interfere with my perfect little world? How dare you? Yeah, it really... It, 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 and, and you know what? I blame parenting. Oh. I blame the modern version of parenting for this. It, you know, the, the whole bubble... My child, you know, keep my child as safe as possible. I mean, how many kids do you see any anymore playing uh, road hockey? Oh, it's true. In, in, see it in, in my city. neighborhood. I, I live in a. I live in a. It's not Sikh. even legal anymore. I, I I live in a Sikh neighborhood, and and the kids are actually out playing road hockey. Yeah, actually, it's true. The so, Hindu Canadians are very fond of law. But preventing. I love that. Pre- 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 preventing, yeah, preventing people from speaking flies in the face of everything you go to a university for. You're yeah, supposed to be totally able to agree. be exposed to um, uh, different ideas and, and different philosophies, and you you should respect the fact that that person is there, but allow them to say what they what they're invited uh, to speak without without having these these violent uh, protests. Uh, and and when did, um, you know, because they what, because you don't like what they're saying. When did the right? I, mean, you know, I don't like Ann Coulter either. But if she's been invited, let anybody who wants to go go listen. If you don't want to go, don't go. So the freedom of speech has to do with the freedom to exchange information, ideas. Right. When did the right to exchange ideas become a privilege? Um, I, I don't. I don't think it's a question of that. I think. I think. Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate for half a second here because I love doing that anyway. I think I think what these people are having an issue with is the message is harmful. But you have the right to repeat. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I would agree message. with that, and I would also say so what? You know, uh, Louis Brandeis, who was a Supreme Court judge in the United States, uh, basically said uh, sunlight is the best disinfectant. You know, bad ideas, if you, if you push them down, you know, a lot of these people who are, have been uh, protesting at, uh, you know, people like uh, Milo Gannopoulos and and Coulter and, and uh, um, uh, what's his name, Murray. Uh, they're pushing ideas down beneath the sunlight. So these things just run underground and these people have no idea how complicit they are in the rise of Donald Trump. Not a clue. No, I'm good. Because I'm good. That, that's, these ideas fester. These ideas spread underground. They are not brought to light and exposed to you know to actual reason and they grow like mushrooms yep i'm gonna and now all of a sudden somebody comes along and talks the language of you know screw this whole pc culture uh, which i actually agree with and they sound more reasonable than than people who have good ideas hmm. it, it's it just boggles my mind now i'm gonna keep on playing devil's advocate here uh 
uh, Randy, Christine, don't you think that, you know, um, we're atheists, right? I mean, we bump into bad ideas on a daily basis. We're the basis. worst of ideas. <laughs> we're bumping on the worst of ideas. Now, if we're the worst, worst people. If, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying us, but I'm, I'm saying, for example, the the idea, let's let's take a, uh, just an idea that, you know, uh, atheists eat babies, you know, the, the, kind of, the kind of nonsense that's been, that we've been victims of forever. Now, if there was a way for You mean our, I should stop? Yes. <laughs> you need to go on a diet, Scott. <laughs> Damn, I've got all that those cookbooks, man. Look at all that stuff in the freezer. It. I mean, <laughs> the comments is gone. I'm not necessarily knows. I left the valley since many years. No, but I'm saying, if there was a way for us to stop the propagation of those ideas, ideas that have been proven false, have been debunked. And we're fighting them over and over and over again. Should we not take those steps? You're always going to fight them. <laughs> yeah, but we're not going to like start a violent whatever on the church, you know, gonna... on the church steps or anything like that. No, but if we'll we just, have, you know, if, if we have the power, no, I, I don't want them to to be quiet. I want them to speak their nonsense so that we can challenge it. Yeah, and but... I was going to say one of my worries about this, uh, you know, deplatforming and that kind of thing. Like, I wonder if there are people who would like to attend. And Coulter's talk so that they can jump to the mic and be first and just totally challenge her, right? I would be terrified to go to, to a presentation like that, even though I'm on their side with, you know, obviously Ann Coulter's a reprehensible thing, right? <laughs> so I, I wouldn't go to a talk. I'd be terrified that I might get the shit beaten out of me. Well, that, that's why I consider Antifa to be a terrorist organization. They are using violence to further a political agenda. That's the definition of terrorism. Uh, mm. They wouldn't characterize themselves as that, but nobody does. I mean, mm. I don't even think ISIS characterizes themselves as such. So, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just wondering. It fits. You know, for the shoe fits. If you, if you, if you had, for example, if, let's say Benny Hinn came to Calgary. You know, if there was a way for you guys to stop Benny Hinn from coming to Calgary and brainwashing another. God knows how many people to go in there. Would you not consider that? Nope. I'd protest no. it. Yeah. Legitimately. Yeah. yeah. And and I like I think there was a, you know when the Westboro Baptist Church um, was coming here, I was kind of glad we didn't uh, let them in. But now, in in hindsight, I think we should have and just protested. Now, please elaborate on that. That when the Westboro Baptist Church it went to Calgary. Um, they got turned away at the border. I forget where they were going to now. Do you remember, Randy? They were going to Winnipeg. Remember that. Uh, young man that was uh, killed on a Greyhound bus, uh, decapitated. Yes. Right. right. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And by a mentally ill person who is now actually, I believe, released now. And uh, they were coming up for that funeral and they were stopped at the border. And that, that that's legitimate because uh, there's no right for Amer Americans to come up to Canada. Okay, yeah. but if, you know, if, the, the, the government did any, didn't do anything. Well, especially anything when they wrong. have an agenda. I mean, that's no, no. But if there was a Canadian church that would have picketed this this uh, this horrible incident, and they would have said, "This guy deserves it's their death. right." It's their right. You know, you, you have to acknowledge that not every, you know it's not free speech for me as long as or free speech for everybody as long as you agree with me. It's free speech. No, I, right? I and I totally it, agree with that. I'm I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. No, no, yeah, I, I know. I'm just saying that that you have to be prepared when there. are uh, people are exercising their rights that they're going to be using them in a manner which is aberrant to you. But we also in Canada, the the the, the free speech laws are not exactly the same as in the U.S. Actually, there are, there are some parameters to Canadian free speech. And still working those out, right? Uh, hate speech has been uh, through the Supreme Court, and most of those laws have been struck down. Mm -hmm. uh, thankfully, 
because I, I do not believe uh, hate speech is, you know, there are limits even in the United States. Of course, you can't yell fire in a, in a theater, in a packed theater, or you, you can't incite violence. Well, the, the, uh, So th- there are differences, but we're pretty close. No, we do have blasphemy laws in the books. Yes, we do. Well, yes, on we the do. books, but they haven't been enacted. That yeah. would be an interesting court case, I think. Actually, the, be the, 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 the Canadian blasphemy law has been enacted once, and it was for uh, preventing life of Brian when he came out. And that's the only time it was actually Are you used. serious? Yes. Oh, <laughs> that is so sad. Yeah. So uh, that, too, should be uh, eradicated. But you, you bring a very interesting point there. We're talking about, uh, uh, you said it was justified because of a question of security. Like you said, nobody can yell fire in, in a, uh, a crowded theater. Now, can we not apply that same security label when it comes to uh, protest? No. No, because uh, legitimate protest is fine. There's no issue with it, right? Uh, if, if groups like Antifa were just, you know, chanting and showing up and expressing their own viewpoint, their, you know, their own freedom of speech. Right, they're exercising uh, free speech that they have a right to shout somebody else down, which is not free speech. Sorry, was that? No, 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 I'm, I'm sorry I interrupted, but, but I, I was just confirming your point. They, free speech, they're, they're entitled to protest as long as they have a peaceful protest. If you, but if you, you yell fire, you're, not, inciting, not, uh, you're inciting people to action um, on a false, you know, on a false basis and, and yes. potentially causing, uh, causing harm. Uh, you know, to uh, it could be a life th- you're, it could be a life threatening situation due to the fact that you're just in, in, inciting by saying something false. See, I, I just or love, something yeah. like like pigs in a blanket for him, like bacon. That's that's inciting. Yeah, exactly. I'd say you know good? that's uh, yeah. Don't you guys Black love it when I play devil's advocate? Kind of sense. <laughs> Awesome. Perfect. All right. Moving on from that subject. Point number three, Randy. Give me another one. What do you hate about the regressive left? Or Christine? You guys are the guests. Uh, what about Christine? What's yours? I got mine. My shot here. Uh, trivial things like um, microaggressions and man-spreading. I'm and- <laughs> well, that's not necessarily regressive left, though. That's, that's just that's social justice nonsense. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Expressions, yeah, we've we've. Talked There's about. kind of some overlap there, but I guess, yeah, so no, there, there is. left is, is the way that Majid Nawaz defines it, and I, you know, I think we've kind of covered. Like mansplaining. I think our two biggest. What's up? Explain microaggression. Explain microaggression for people. Well, I think it's kind of like a verbal slight, and you know, I guess I don't know something like um, you have to work hard to to make it, or something like that can be conceived as a microaggression, and I can understand that, right? But some of them are a little bit, um, you know, weird. <laughs> you uh, know? I, and I think, what's up? No, I agree. Some I, of them that they label, you know, microaggressions aren't microaggressions at all. They're blatant, just, you know, um, aggression, right? <laughs> so I, I think some of them are all... Oh, think, tell them about the story, to, to Chris, Chris, tell them about the story about that person, that one person that you know that uh, was uh, not very good at taking compliments because he thought they were microaggressions. I don't remember that. <laughs> He was saying, <laughs> he was, wow, we were really, we're laying into the, the whiskey or something. Uh, <laughs> no, no, there's she, she, the person of color that you knew that, that didn't like to say, to have someone tell him that he was very uh, well-spoken because he thought, well, oh, he would always add on, thing. I'm telling this or Yeah, the, yeah. That was yeah, Facebook. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook. Well, yeah, 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 like he, yeah. He would always add on to the end of that uh, for a black guy. Of course, that's taking the least charitable interpretation of what was being said. Maybe it was just a compliment. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of microaggression really bugs me because it's on that person that's claiming aggression. Is we, we always have, like to be the victim. You know, there's this whole uh, victimhood, passion of the victimhood. And there we go. That's a, I think that's a great term. That sounds it. like a movie. It, yeah, I know. <laughs> it should make it. It's a next Mel Gibson, <laughs> next Mel Gibson movie, Passion of the Victimhood. No, I, I don't. said that, it's yeah. good to be aware that that can be conceived in that manner because I didn't realize that, right? And, you know, like I said, I asked my mom, I asked my daughter, and my mom was like, yeah, of course it can be, you know, of course it is. <laughs> so it might be like a gen- generational thing, too, not to mention regional. Yeah, I, the one the one that kind of uh, always catches my uh, my attention is uh, when you have somebody of um, African descent and they have that tight, curly hair, you know, that that's typical, and people say, can I touch your hair? That, to me, doesn't seem like a, a racist. What's or- that? What's that? It's rude. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, it I don't think I've ever done that. No, you're right. Who does? Who does that? But you know what? I pro- I would probably be the one to do that because to me it looks fascinating, right? They, they do that to my kids all the time. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I don't have that type of hair, so I just want to I just want to feel. But uh, you're right. Who the hell is this? Hey, can I touch your hair? <laughs> of course, I'd probably. I don't doing. understand that. People have come right up to me and touched my hair without even asking, and it's like, okay. That's an invasion of personal (laughs) space. Yeah, well, yeah. It's not that bad. No, I, I I totally agree, but I, I think I think it's it's wrong to to start thinking that this person is doing this out of prejudice. They're doing this out of curiosity, right? If if, if this case was to happen, they're not doing it because you know. It's I, interpretation, right? It's more easy to interpret that as racism than any anything well, else. But it's not racism. I think I think it's because, very innocent. Well, no, because yeah, you're a, because you're a white guy and you've never been oh, exposed to to any of those kinds of behavior, you have to think of where people come from and then, you know, give them their due accordingly. You know, I mean... I I had to stop a fight one time at work. This was back east. Now, think about the way people talk back east. A bye. (laughs) What you doing, bye? And one young lad from, uh, from PEI asked one of the black guys on the floor... Hey, hey, I won't say his name. Hey, how you doing, bye? Well, you don't say boy to a black person. Yeah. And I just yeah. about, I thought I was going down. I thought this guy was going to take me down. I had to stand between them and try and stop the fight. The kid didn't mean anything by it. No, no. Just, <laughs> he, yeah. he was just being, it was his natural way of talking to everyone. Yeah, yeah and you have, to, and, and there's a, there's a case where you you really have to take intention as a, a part of the That's equation. That's the thing. Intention it, is hard it, to read. Yeah, and and sometimes mm-hmm. when people have a history of being, um, uh, a, a history of prejudice and racism, they it's hard for them to understand that the intention is innocent. Yeah. So it, you have to come to some kind of an understanding somehow. People, we have to understand intent and then go from there, which is not always easy to do. No. I've got a confession. I've got one of these things that happened to myself, actually. Um, for the longest time, when I, because I'm really bad at retaining names, right? So when I don't know somebody's name, I'll just use, like, buddy or, or boss. But for the longest time, I was using chief. Oh, no. Right? Oh, and of no. Course, I can see where this is going. Yes, exactly, right? And, and, and never, it never even crossed my mind. And, of course, I happened to use that same thing on a guy that I met here, and he happened to be native, obviously. And I meant absolutely nothing by it. You know, I because chief, you gotta remember I'm French, right? Chief sounds like chef, 
which is chef in, in French is boss. He's your chef, he's your leader, right? So he's the boss. So that was my intention, right? But I happened to say chief to a guy who was native. So he's like, oh God, no. <laughs> it took me what what have seconds. I done? <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, <laughs> whoever you were. <laughs> So did you straighten but, it out? Oh, yeah. So yeah well, that's a good now. thing. I mean, it, I mean the it, fact that you straightened it out is a good thing. Yeah. You didn't let it stand. Well, he, he kept on calling me Jacques because I'm oh. French, so you know oh, what I kind of okay. think? <laughs> Although, <laughs> it was not voluntary. It's like... Yeah, well, you know, you get to the point where, you know, you can... You can take it with a sense of humor. Uh, you know, you can try and straighten it out. There are a lot, of, a lot of ways to respond other than aggressiveness, but we're not always sharp enough exactly. at the at the moment it happens to be able to be able to do that. It's like people who who tell a to tell an obscene or dirty joke. Should you let it slide because you don't? You know, it's not worth it. Or are you allowing that person to get away with that behavior, which is unacceptable? And therefore, should you stand up, you know, and say something? Exactly. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a balance. And we don't always, we're human. We don't always do the right thing. So I guess we can conclude that communication is far from a perfect art. And <laughs> before you quickly rush to judgment, really try to read what went on there. Because I think the majority yeah. of people are not out there to aggress you or be racist. There's always going to be an act. Well, the thing is, we, we need to stop being so offended at full pause. I agree. Yeah. Exactly. Opals are just one-offs. You know, they're, they're not a big deal. Except if you're me, because I do a lot of them. Don't! <laughs> <laughs> if there's a pattern, if there's a pattern of that same faux pas, there might be a real problem. But, you know, it, it's, it's, intent actually matters. I really do think so. Yeah, I, I think so. I agree. I think so. In context, right? Like, comedians can say some pretty outrageous things, and that is a good thing. So. <laughs> yeah, in fact, uh, Stephen Colbert is is uh, on the hot seat for saying outrageous things uh, about Trump. Uh, yes. Yeah, about mm-hmm. about Trump. We could do an so. entire show just about. I thought that. it was yeah. hilarious. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious. And who else? Oh, Stephen Fry is also this... on the hot seat for uh, saying. Yeah, Stephen Fry was on the hot seat as well this week oh, for saying you know something where people are easily offended. Well, Which like, is a show in itself about right. people who are easily offended. Like Colbert says, he says, you know, it's Trump versus me. He says, I have Joe. He has the nuclear codes. That's I think, right. I think it's even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Christine, Randy, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. But the mic is all yours. Feel free to plug yourself in as much. Be shameless about it, guys. Go right ahead. Well, yeah, come come listen to us on YouTube uh, tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Mountain. And we're going to be talking about no more hijabi stuff and other potpourri uh, topics from the news, mostly religion-related. And we typically have a lot of guests on. Last, well, I guess it was two weeks ago, we had Cammie Ryan on, who works for... Monsanto. <laughs> and, you know, the, we have a lot of great guests on. We've had Jerry Coyne on in the past. We've had, who else have we had recently? We've had some, well, we had Lawrence uh, Krauss. Lawrence Krauss, that's right. Oh, you had Lawrence Krauss, yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting show. We have a lot of fun. We typically do uh, have you know, a couple of brewskis while we're, where we're doing the show, so <laughs> it gets more fun as we go on. It's mandatory. Even if it's a little more slurred. Yeah. <laughs> but any, anything you want to say, Chris? Um, no. Uh, thank you so much for having us on. And yeah. Okay. You're welcome anytime. Before I let yeah, you guys I, go. I, it's getting, uh, sorry, I just wanted to say, uh, I would, you know, we're getting close to that time where I got to start making my baby ganoush. 
<laughs> Yummy. <laughs> That's wonderful. Before I let you go, guys, can I get you to say, Hi, I'm Christine, and hi, I'm Randy from the Legion of Reason, and we took a left in the valley. Hi, I'm Christine. <laughs> and hi, I am Randy, and... We took a left at the valley. Not at the same time. You know, take it we one at a time. You go first. I'll go okay. second. <laughs> and we do the third part. That was, that was awesome. Okay. Hi, I'm Christine. Leave that in, Beth. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> go, go again. <laughs> I'm not oh, taking no. any of those. This is awesome. Take two. <laughs> take two. Hi, Randy, I'm Christine. Actually, <laughs> ah. <laughs> hi. Do it again. Do it again. Hi, I'm Christine. And I'm Randy. And we took a left at the valley. And that was Dr. Randy Tyson and Christine from the Legion of Reason Diversion. They're so much fun. They really are. Even when you get into serious subjects, they're still a lot of fun. No, exactly, exactly. They just love. uh, I just love the way they talk. They 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 can have fun and they they can just switch and turn very serious on a dime. Yeah, that was always fun, and we'll have them again for sure because they're friends and Cowie and Keynes have to stick together, right? Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thank you uh, for. Everybody been on the show, including yourself, Cricket. Happy birthday again. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very awesome. Much. You can find us at leftandvalley.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on uh, Twitter at LETV Podcast. Uh, you can uh, send us, what, God drowned in my coffee? My Christian friends will hate me? What? Why are you sending me these messages? <laughs> Now you try, and just at the end of the show, you could have waited like an extra 30 seconds to disrupt the show like that. That's okay. <laughs> I apologize to everybody listening out there. We usually try to be professional. <laughs> you can send us some hate mail at leftandvalley at outlook.com. Uh, where am I going with this? Oh, yes. Yeah, what are we doing next week? Next week, we actually have uh, the Bible Geek. Oh, uh, awesome. Yes, Robert M. Price will be with us. Ooh, and okay. we also have, uh, coming up uh, next month, we have our friend Del Ray. Will be That's com- right. Ooh. Dr. Del Ray, the psychologist that deals with human sexuality, and he was coming to talk to us about uh, things that are going on with the uh, his organizations, and we're going to also talk about hypnosis- hypnotism in church. So that should be fun. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That sounds scary. (laughs) (laughs) Not any scarier than this show. (laughs) Not today, anyway. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much. Until next time. isn't real, but Jesus is, or Zeus, Thor, Mithra, Vishnu, you don't believe in them, I think the reason is apparent, you do what you're told, and believe in the God assigned by your parents, I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it, I say it's ignorance, and you just call it faith, and unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed, I'm an atheist,
Now let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful That thousands of children are raped by priests And since they're holy men of God, they get away scot-free And the Pope does his very best to keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business, he loves money too much We know that they love the kids, but how the fuck can we protect them While they planning to molest them, we teaching them to respect them Fuck that. The system is broke down, working backwards in the only action or tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained, millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful, but I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful. That many atheists are told to be quiet, you're not alone, speak your mind, time to let it be known. A non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed